Lord bless you. You may be seated. We're going to let our classes go back. Let's remember Brother Keith Shaw and his family. This morning prayer, losing of his grandmother. Uh, keep his dad, only son. And so let's keep them in our prayers. Amen. In the next, especially in the next few days. Lot has failed basically upon his dad to preach his own mother's funeral. And uh, so he's definitely going to need our prayers that God would be with him. Uh, they'll be having this funeral Tuesday. Uh, the funeral actually at 11. Uh, visitations from 10 to 11 at the Baptist Church there in McHenry. So let's keep them in our prayers that God would be with them. Also continue to pray for Sister Shelley and their family, Miss Donna, Mr. Ricky, the passing of her mother, the grandmother, Sister Shelley's. Amen, Miss Ida, and that uh, they'll be making arrangements tomorrow. So we'll find out later on tomorrow of when these arrangements be. But let's keep them in our prayers that God would keep them and bless them and strengthen them. Amen. This is only God that can show up in these the times, moments in our lives. None of the other gods that people may give themselves to has ever conquered death. But Jesus Christ has. Amen. And so he can show up as a testimony and witness. Amen. To give hope of resurrecting power. To move upon others. To make preparation. Because as time tarries, we know it's upon it. It's upon it. We're all going to. We're going to face that moment. We're going to face that day. We're going to face it with our loved ones. We're going to face it ourselves. And so as we make preparation, amen, and sometimes those, those settings and times is when that's so real, amen, from the least to the greatest, from youngest to the oldest, amen. So these are times that, that God can work if, if, if we'll just let him. And so that's what we pray for. We pray that God would work in that moment time. And I can promise you, that those that are passed, that would be their heartbeat, that would be their desire. Regardless, amen, and we're not the one here to make any judgment, but simply, I can promise you, I can tell you from both sides of the spectrum, that both, amen, is praying that they would hear the voice of God and cry out to Him and let God become their God. The fullness of truth, the fullness of His love and grace, amen. This is a God that can dispatch angels to come and minister, and minister in a way that you and I are not able Amen. But with their presence and with their assistance upon our lives and help us, help us, amen, to say the right things, to do the right things and to represent God and uh, his great love. Amen. So we want to keep them in our prayers. Amen. Throughout this coming week, man, God be with them. It's good to see all in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to see you come to worship God with us. Amen. Man, there's nobody like Jesus. Amen. What a friend. We are found in Jesus Christ. Amen. What a great shepherd. One that cares for us and that will minister. Amen. Unto us and help us along this journey of life. Life is full of pitfalls and trials and, and things of that nature. Praise God. And everybody's going to face them. One form or another. Yours may not be a den of lions, but it could be a cistern. It could be a dungeon. It's going to be a some fashion, some form. Everybody's going to face, and our lesson, amen, talks about being tempted. Amen. It doesn't matter where you're at in God and 
where you're walking, how long you've been living for God, or, or maybe, maybe you never even give God any recognition, but you're still tempted, amen, one way or the other. You're, 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 sometimes you're tempted not, not to bow, not to give, not to spend no time. And some have given themselves completely and totally over to that. And uh, I had a gentleman tell me yesterday, he uh, heard a gentleman talking about, you know, he didn't fear hell because he didn't believe in hell. That's your choosing. This God's big enough to be enough sovereign God to let us choose our own pathways and our own beliefs. And, and, uh, and, it's, and, and watch the scriptures, amen, because of unbelief. In evil hearts of unbelief, amen. And that's what caused even Israel not to attain that promised land. Took them 40 years in the wilderness. We're going to talk about some of that. So likewise with this gentleman. He can say that and persuade as many as he want to. And many can follow him as they want to. But I can promise you there is a hell. As much as that sun, amen, come up this morning is shining here. I promise you there is a hell. Amen. But thank God there is a heaven. Hallelujah. And by the power of choice and by submission and by obedience. And by faith, amen, we can, we, can, we can make heaven our destination. God's gave us a plan. Uh, but uh, as we watch this lesson here this morning, as we, you and I all have to deal with temptations, praise God, everybody does in some form or some fashion. Got a beautiful lesson. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, all of you, those that helped us out, especially this past week. I know Brother Ford's not out here. I think him and others, some that cleaned up some limbs and others that took part in getting the fellowship hall. It's turned out very well. You wouldn't even know that uh, if you took a picture and one afterwards, you wouldn't even know that, amen, that we was looking at cement just a few days ago. But we thank you, those of you that came and helped us out in the lighting department. Amen. We fixing to light that kitchen up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is one place we believe in two. Amen. We put one, but we're going to put two now. Brother Nathan turned out good, didn't it? Praise God, it really does. It's, uh, it may be a little bright. You won't look up as much, I promise you. <laughs> Hallelujah, something about that blinding light. It'll keep you from looking up. But I promise you this, if we didn't put them shades on there, you wouldn't look up at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad y'all so lifeful this morning, so just with us today. Hallelujah, today's half gone, man. Hallelujah, God's been good, and he's working for us. Propelled into purpose have you ever felt like that you wasn't only led but you was driven into a purpose <laughs> forced didn't have any other option I mean you was either going to use either going to fight this battle amen or there wasn't no way of getting around it you know there was an opposition there was an enemy there was a certain individual that didn't matter what you try to do and how you try to talk your way out of it they wasn't no getting around amen just busting him upside his head <laughs> hallelujah well that's about the way it was with Jesus with the devil he couldn't get around it but no way around he wasn't no way around him getting away from the temptation of the devil no more than it was no way for him to get out from bearing the cross I'm glad this morning to tell you that you and I got something on the inside of us in the hour of temptation. We have something on the inside of us, the promise in the word of God. He's made a way of escape, not just sometimes, but every single time that we can make our way out of that temptation. So we, we serve a mighty and an awesome God here today. And as you look at this, propel actually means to drive. Are the cause to move forward or onward. 
Sometimes the only way that the kingdom of God and the purpose of God can be fulfilled in our lives, we have to face this temptation. Not only face this temptation, but conquer it, overcome it, defeat it. Praise God. It's part of the mortifying the deeds of the body, crucifying this old fleshly man, bringing him under subjection. The scriptures taught us that every one of us has got a cross. Every one of us. No one's exempt without a cross. Amen. Everybody's got a cross they got to bear. That they got to give themselves unto, to submit themselves, to bear. For the kingdom of God and for Jesus Christ as, as disciples of the Lord. Our next series of lessons is going to be talking about followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we're starting out, amen, this morning, amen, propelled into the purpose, amen, that God's called us. The lesson's a big idea. I will be led by the Spirit. And guess what? Sometimes submitting ourselves unto the Holy Ghost will lead us to some of the greatest battles and struggles that we'll ever face. And yes, yes, you are in the perfect will of God. Amen. When you're walking against the adversary and the powers of the enemy. And regardless of how dark it may seem to be and how dry it may seem to be. And I'll make the point of that in just a minute. And how far out in the wilderness and maybe possibly you feel like you're all alone. And at times if you listen to the real tempter, he'll try to persuade you you're the only one that's ever been tempted like this you're the only one that's ever been tried this way you're the only one hallelujah that's ever dealt with this but you and I know amen that Jesus Christ was tempted every way in every possible way that man could have been tempted hallelujah but he overcome and he sinned not and he overcome every temptation hallelujah that's the reason he's able to come and secure us that's the reason he's able to comfort us and help us and strengthen us in every temptation help us to overcome and make a way now I'm telling you some escapes is not as easy to find as others you got to make sure you look for it you got to search for it and to find that way of escape and uh, so as we watch this I'm led by the spirit and surrender to God's call on my life this is the big idea amen that we're willing to be first of all led by the spirit in fact it is impossible to live for God Romans Paul's writings in Romans made that very clear to us we have two choices and that's even with the Holy Ghost. You got two choices. You can either you can be walking the spirit or you can walk in the flesh. You can't straddle the fence. Praise God. And that's a challenge every single day. It's a battle every single day of just what I'm going to give myself to, what I'm going to submit myself, and I'm going to do this Jesus way. How many of you remember here, it's been a while back, but they brought out the little bracelets and little things, you know. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? That didn't last long, did it? I just wonder why. It's kind of hard to rear back. What would Jesus do? <laughs> it's kind of hard to, you know, you're turning them up and, you know, all of a sudden you... <laughs> What would Jesus do? He starts blaring you in the face and it starts getting your attention. And Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. So, hallelujah. <laughs> the focus verse is found in Luke 4 and 1. Jesus being, first of all, full of the Holy Ghost. Now notice this. This is the first verse of this chapter. Matthew makes the same, under, help us to understand the same thing. First of all, amen, the most important thing is to be full of the Holy Ghost. 
The first temptation you and I have got, even after receiving the Holy Ghost, is the devil is going to do everything he can to rob you of that experience. And he's going to do everything he can to keep you from that experiencing, then that regeneration. That means being born again, touched again, moved upon again, poured out into you again. Amen. You've got to have it. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It's, it's, an, it's a part of the, it's a necessary part, amen, to live an overcoming life. It's being renewed and refreshed. I, I believe when it talks about the renewing of the mind, that's what it's talking about. Renewing of the mind is that rebaptism of the Holy Ghost. I, I can show you the book of Acts now. Just a couple of chapters after the second chapter. Amen. They was baptized again. And the place was shaken where they was at. Hallelujah, because they had, it had caused such a disturbance, amen, among the people. And they needed, they needed, they needed that regenerating power. Amen, amen. Anybody bought a generator? Why did you buy a generator? If your electricity was never going to go out and you never had to worry about power, why would you buy a generator? But you buy a generator because storms come. You know, most of the time electricity goes out when you have storms. And so that's what temptations and storms is all about. They're trying to put the lights out because we're the light of the world. We may not be nothing but a candle, but if they can put the light out. And so you and I, amen, it's got something's built inside of us called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That even in, now watch him. <laughs> so as you watch this, truth about God, God provides the resources necessary for believers to fulfill their calling and uh, we're going to notice some things some important things I believe in this lesson this morning that will help us to understand about some events as they unfold as they take place and uh, the writer starts a lesson out with a lesson connection he talks about Moses actually he begins to rehearse Moses' life and, and his call and we know where was Moses at in this call of God upon his life now he's done reached the age of 80. He's done experience Egypt. He's done been in Egypt for basically 40 years. A man, he'd come out of Egypt whenever he decided he wanted not to be called the son of Pharaoh any longer, but choosing rather a man to, to come back to his home roots. And you know the story how he came out and seen his brothers being afflicted. And he took one of the Egyptians and killed him. And, and then the threat of his life. And so he had to flee. And so he winds up on the backside at the, now watch this, 40 years later, tending to sheep. Spending 40 years tending to sheep. A lot of times, possibly all by himself. Amen. And the Bible talks about he's in a desert place. Hallelujah. You're going to find out if you watch this closely, you're going to watch Jesus was led in the spirit into what kind of place? A wilderness. A wilderness. If you notice three terms that's used and often throughout the Bible that, that connects and relates to spiritual forces and powers that, trans that takes place. It's going to be called desert, wilderness, and seas. Amen. Seas experiences, wilderness experiences, mountain experiences. Amen. A lot of times these that were called of God are going to be used mightily of God to be in the leadership and a part of his kingdom. These are the type experiences that they would encounter and be involved in. And often, if not every time, they had these encounters before they it was ever issued and brought into that place into that fulfilling of that calling position 
in the kingdom of God. And so likewise, we see the same pattern with Jesus Christ as he was led of the Spirit. Now, I mentioned drived, and we, you notice the propelled. I mentioned and gave you the definition of that, which means to be driven. Amen. But if you go to Mark, Mark 1 and 12, he didn't use lead. Matthew used lead, and Luke used lead. But Mark used the word driven, that Jesus was driven. And what did he mean by that term? He was enlightening us and helping us to understand the force and the power and the conflict that was going to take place in this encounter, a man that we're talking about this morning, whenever he was tempted of the devil himself, a man of the serpent himself, a man, Lucifer himself, his own creation. Now you got to remember Jesus is the man, a man, and he's going to tempt him and question him and offer him things. And so this is how temptation comes. This is how it's offered to us and who we're going to bow down and who we're going to worship and who we're going to give ourselves to. Paul goes into greater depthness of that when you get over into Romans, who we yield ourselves to as members. And so all of this ties and comes together. A man is what we yield ourselves to, amen, and the fruit that we bear. Now, we're going to notice one of the most important ingredients, amen, of this lesson is faith. And we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about faith because whenever you talk about Moses and you talk about the setting and what he rehearses as we watch this lesson connection, as he uses Moses because he talks about Moses possibly as he has written the, the letter of Deuteronomy. But we know that the time he writes this letter, Moses had done been instructed of God that he wasn't going to get to go into the promised land, that he was going to pass off of this earth, that God was going to take him he was going to die it cost him a man at that moment in that time of trial that time of temptation and temptation comes from different manners and ways and I promise you one thing and Luke talk, James talks about it and I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm shooting around a little bit here but just hang with me amen that but God will not tempt us with evil neither does he tempt any man with evil but men are drawn away by their own lust amen but that doesn't mean that God won't tempt us I don't mean that he won't test us and try us amen and, 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 and you watch this and God tests us our actions, our minds, our reign, which is our mind or our heart, and our actions, our response unto the surroundings are what's happening. Amen. Goes a lot further than what you believe. Amen. You watch this. The devil, devil shoots fiery darts. Why? Amen. Your response, amen, to that trial, to that temptation, to that battle, amen, gets the devil know and God knows. Amen. Just how you're going to stand, how you're going to respond, whether or not if you're going to be successful or not. It's your actions, it's your response, it's what direction, it's what you give yourself to. Man, none of us is exempt from this. You're going to be tempted. Amen. Nobody can get around it. Nobody can step over it or beyond it. I do have this though. Watch this. Jesus taught the disciples in the most critical season and hour of his day upon this earth above everything else <clears throat> amen as he was tempted as we're going to read and study in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 but what about Gethsemane what did he tell the disciples when he came back and he found them asleep he taught them he said the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak but he said pray that e Enter. Now this is in the Lord's prayer really. Enter not into temptation. You know what? If nothing else propels us to pray, that alone should encourage us to pray. 
Can I drop a few things in? We've all have done it. We've all probably are guilty of this. And I'll put us all in the bag if you don't mind. If you want to jump out, you can. <laughs> Praise God. But we all probably at times in our struggle and our hearts and our spirit. Amen. God, you said you would put more on me than what I can bear. So I can't help but sometimes wonder when I get into that place, God, maybe I haven't been praying the way I should have. Now, I don't believe every temptation comes from God. And we know that. They come from the devil. And they come from flesh. So, so what am I saying? I believe there are some temptations that can be avoided. That we never have to experience. That we never have to be tempted by. But it's through obedience that will keep that from happening. And that's called prayer. Hey, God, I'll never be tempted with that. Amen. You can always be there to help me and, and guide me away from that. And keep my mind and heart and spirit in a place that it never attracts me. I mean, what's advertisement all about? Why do they put out advertisement? Trying to attract your attention, aren't they? They're trying to tempt you to buy. They're trying to persuade you you need this. They don't care if you need it or not. They just want you to buy it. They don't care if you take it and burn it. They don't care if you take it and put it in the closet and buy three more just like it. In fact, that's what they want you to do. I tell men all the time, they bring stuff back to hardware store. I say, man, just cut it up. Throw it in the fire. We don't want it back. Man, why are you bringing it back? <laughs> I'm just going on with them. But, uh, man, we want to sell you some more. Praise God. You know, do what you want to with that. But uh, anyway, that's, that's the same way with the devil. That's the same way with, with flesh, with carnality. Carnality is hostile against God. Amen. This old earthen vessel. Amen. That's the reason our scripture talks about this earthen vessel that you and I have to stay on top of and keep it in right place. And so let's, let's look at some of this and it go right to Moses and some of the events and things that he dealt with. So I mentioned Deuteronomies. And so the right and the bottom of it, and he talks about it. Amen. The eighth chapter. As he begins to write, amen, and address, amen, the Israelites as they're going into the promised land. And no doubt, probably Moses remembered, amen, if you go back to Exodus, the third chapter, and the encounter that he had with God, amen, in a desert place and in that bush. And in the Bible says, in the flames was the angel, and the angel spoke to Moses and got his attention as, as, as Moses looked, he knew the bush, but it wasn't consumed, it didn't burn up, and so this got his attention, and immediately as it got his attention. The Bible says God spoke unto Moses and told him take off your shoes, your own holy ground. And so here's the call of God that's going to be placed upon Moses. And so Moses now as God begins to rehearse unto him. And now there's a lot of golden nuggets with this and I believe it's for somebody in this house this morning. Immediately God begins to instruct and tell Moses he said I've seen the affliction of my people. God knows exactly where you're at this morning. God knows exactly where you're at in your temptations and your trials and your afflictions. In those times, amen, when you're not sure if you're going to survive the journey or not. God sees your afflictions. He knows right where you're at. And it doesn't make any difference how they come. It don't make any difference right now in this setting. And so he begins to rehearse unto Moses. He knows exactly. He sees how they've been oppressed by the taskmasters. How they've been afflicted by the taskmasters. And he, he rehearsed to Moses of the situation and he brings it now. You know, he kind of, you know, lets, uh, let the cat out. Amen. He said, I'm going to call you to go get them. I'm going to call you to go and lead them out. And this is where Moses began to really begin to talk to God and begin to say, you know, who am I? 
that I can do such a thing as this. Amen. They're not going to believe me. I'm going to ask God. He said, you know, they're going to ask me, you know, who, who are you? What's your name? And you tell them, I am. I am. I believe that I am really covers everything. It really does. I am your present help in whatever you may need. Amen. To, to accomplish and to achieve this. And, and so that didn't really persuade Moses. And so he begins to deal with Moses. He said, what's in your hand? He said, there's a rod. There's a stick. There's a, there's a rod. He says, throw it down. And he throws it down. It turns into a serpent. Turns into a snake and amen he backs away from it and he tells him pick it up amen you pick it up by the tail and it's amazing if you watch all of this close and you know anything about any of this you understand how, how do you pick up snakes if you're going to pick up a live snake how do you pick them up I'm talking about a poisonous snake I'm talking about one amen that'll bite you that'll kill you you don't pick him up by the tail, do you? You pick him up, amen, by the head. If you're going to get him, you're going to get him by the head. Now, I'm not going to pick him up. And I'm not going to let you throw him on him. I'm not going to let you get around me if I got anything to do with it. Hallelujah. I'm just, that's just the way I am. And you know what? I got Bible to back this up. Those snake handlers do not have not one scripture to back up snake handling in the Bible. Not one example in the Bible handling a snake. Not one. Paul didn't handle the snake. He picked up a bottle of sticks. Start picking up stuff and start drinking stuff for a show. You're tempting God. You're trying to put on a show. He shares his glory with nobody. <laughs> Praise God. So there is a difference. There is a difference. And, um, you know, I, I want to I be successful over the temptations. But I don't want to bring on temptations. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you bring them on and you put on the show, you're not going to survive. But when it's a God thing, and you make it a God thing, and you keep it a God thing, I'm telling you, the devil himself. <laughs> Jesus put it this way. He's, no man can pluck you out of my hand. No man. And so, <clears throat> you watch this now with Moses. As he begins to work with him and begin to tell him and makes his way. And so as Moses, no doubt, begins to write Deuteronomy and, and you're going to notice some things. And I, I'm going to go back to some of this and we're going to rehearse some of the scriptures there. Amen. To help us to really understand about this. Praise God. Because, you know, I believe we can make uh, the New Testament taught us. He said, don't make provision for the flesh. I believe there's certain things you can set before you. That you're, you're, you're setting the trap. You're setting the snare. I believe there's certain things that you and I can get caught up in. In fact, you and I as Holy Ghost filled people, we need to be, the writer said, to be sober, to be vigilant. I believe we need to be in every conversation. You watch the life, the ministry of Jesus Christ. The Sadducees and Pharisees constantly try to catch him in a trap, in a snare. That they might judge him and condemn him. So like that has not changed. That's the reason you and I have to be careful. So when the scripture says every idle word. We got to be careful. Got to be careful of our attitudes. Got to be careful with our response. I'm going somewhere. You watch this. Because it makes all the difference in the world. When we face in life and circumstances and trials. In life itself. And sometimes we get. We get pulled into it because it's, it's, it's our family. Sometimes it could be our nation. Now, like it or not, we got leaders of this country. But if we, we, pull, if we start against a war against another country, guess what? Everybody in this country is involved in it in one way or another. They can say they're not. They can even, you know, uh, 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 
you know, demonstrate against it and things of that nature, but it still won't change the facts. Amen. We're still a part of this nation, and so we consider it, amen, to be poor. And so that's what happens a lot of times. And so as we watch this, listen to what Moses' writings here. Amen. He says, The Lord thy God led thee these 40 years into the wilderness to humble thee. There was a purpose. There was a reason for this to lead you. 40 years into this wilderness. Um, if you're led of God and you know you walk in the will of God, regardless of how trying it might be, you got the comfort to know that you know what? I'm walking in the will of God. It doesn't matter how, how much of this may feel like a wilderness experience, how dark it may feel, how alone you may feel if you're walking in the Spirit, if you're walking in the call and the election of God and in His kingdom. Amen. So there's a purpose for this. And notice what he says in the next little term. And to prove thee. To test thee. To know what is in thine heart. To know what's lying inside your heart. How you're going to respond. How you're going to act. How you're going to handle circumstances. How you're going to handle situations. I'm going to find out if you really believe me or not after performing all these wonders and signs and delivering you, bringing you out, amen, through those ten plagues, amen. And now he brought them out, brought them out. There's a Bible, it's one place called a high hand. He brought them out, uh, amen. He blessed them. They borrowed and took things, silver and gold, and put it on their garments. And they come out, uh, amen, blessed. And, and, and God brought them out in such a powerful, mighty way. But, uh, but as we watch, it don't take long. Just about three days into the journey, we begin to watch some things unfold and the things begin to happen. I try to warn people when they get the Holy Ghost. I try to warn people, giving them Bible studies or even whenever they began to start toward truth and the fullness of truth the opposition is going to come against you like it never has before things are going to start happening things are going to start happening in your family things are going to start happening in your job and other places it's going to try you and tempt you and question whether or not I mean, the devil brings some of this and God allows some of this amen because he's going to find out if you meant what you said and if you really believe what you believe because you and I really don't know unless we're tempted unless we're tried we really don't know Amen. That's the reason they have to have nine weeks test. That's the reason they have to have midterm test and things of that nature to find out if you gained any knowledge, if you retained it, and, and you, can you pass this test or not? Because we don't want you to get there, amen, and then all of a sudden amen, the, the, the real test comes up. It's too late. And so God knows how to bring this about. And so that's what Moses is writing to them in this eighth chapter because he remembered the testing time. He remembers the time, amen, when he was tested, tested and he failed the test, amen, at times whenever he was supposed to speak to a rock but he smoked it and he knows what it cost him as he writes this letter here amen in that moment in time of temptation and he didn't make the right choice and he didn't go in the right direction and it cost him dearly now that he's not going to be able to go into that promised land I want you to hear me this morning amen and that's the same way with heaven and hell and a lot of other things if the Bible's written if it's written in the book and if it's ever settled it's not going to change for anybody under any circumstances it's going to that's what's going to be expected and that's what we got to be expected to do and Jesus taught us said if we love him we're going to keep his commandments so it's really all about temptation it's not just about a devil thing it's about a God thing can I back that up sure can now let's go back to the lesson who led Jesus into the wilderness immediately following 
His baptism both with water and the Spirit of God coming down as a dove. Immediately following that, where did where the Spirit lead him? Into the wilderness. And as Mark put it, it drove him. It forced him. Into this encounter. <laughs> That's the reason sometimes, as I done mentioned, whenever you start toward truth... Apostolic doctrine. And when you make up in your own mind, heart, and spirit. God, I want to know you for myself. I want to experience, as our good evangelist preached Wednesday night. I want to experience the Holy Ghost for myself. If it's real, God, I want to experience it. And when you start approaching God that way. And with honest hearts. And a willingness to say, man, I want truth. Man, it's going to start opening. It's going to start happening. But it also triggers darkness and the power of the enemy. But you've got to remember something. God, 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 amen, will keep us and help us. We'll talk about that as we go on. And so we see here that he begins to talk to them about their hearts, whether they would keep what his commandments or no, whether they would keep them or would they come up short and fail. So I'm going to take you to a few chapters in, in the writings here. And... Um, Praise God. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm going to get all this, but I'm going to do my best, amen, to cover as much as I can. Uh, but I won't cover all of this, but I'll, I'll touch on some bases of it anyway and um, to, to help us to understand uh, about this. Because you've got to understand about this battle here. The first son, as we would call him, was Israel. Israel was what they would call a corporate son. The first son failed in this test. The first son come up short. And so possibly, amen, for 4,000 years, the devil's been pretty successful at causing them to slip up and fall and come up short and things of this nature. That, uh, no, that's the reason he wasn't hesitant about trying to tempt our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the devil knew, the devil knew, amen, who Jesus was, and, and, but he's, he's going to tempt him and try him in this time and setting. So what's so important about all of this? So when you go to Exodus, the 16th chapter, you you begin to read the episode that began to unfold and begin to transpire. And this is just prior going into the promised land and the 12 spies come back and, and they address the people. And it's amazing to me that the Bible says that all the congregation wept all night. Amen. Now listen to how it really puts it here because I, I want to bring out some points. And because if we're, not, if we're not careful, with or without the Holy Ghost, we are prone and subject to make the same mistake. In fact, I mentioned this a few few weeks back just in a statement and maybe I'll preach on it sometimes and I've I pondered and, and, and God's dealt with me. Amen. Uh, the Bible talks about cities of refuge right? And the Bible gave specific instructions about how to get to that city am I right? He, he went and made them go through great measures of, of redesigning the road and, and taking out all the curb places and bringing all the low places up and all the high places down to do everything that they had to do. Amen. To why? That the guy that was running, amen, against the Avenger could make it to the city. Hallelujah. You and I both know, amen, if I can just get to the rock in the storm. But the real challenge is, is the path to get to the rock is the real challenge. Is to get to the rock. The real challenge is to pray until you pray through. Real challenge is until you, to, to seek God until you feel and you know I've arrived. So, 
as we watch this. And, and he begins to deal with them in the wilderness. And the, and, and the heading of mine talks about mumbling. There's a difference between mumbling and praying. There is a big difference. Amen. I believe when we come to approach God in prayer, I believe that our countenance makes all the difference in the world. I don't think you could come with a beggar's mentality. What did Lazarus do? Lazarus. What did the blind Bartimaeus, what was the first thing he'd done when he knew he had the attention of Jesus? Now, they told him that Jesus said. He didn't hear him because of all the crowd and everybody trying to be hush. What was the first thing he'd done? Took off that beggar's mentality. That that had as a token, a sign, you're a beggar. You're going to always be a beggar. Do you know there's a spirit that can get a hold of us? That every little bump in the road, poor little old me. God have mercy on me. God, please. Beg it. That's not faith. That's not faith. <laughs> I'm not trying to be offensive here. So uh, some of you are looking at me like, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just, I, I'm just trying to help you the best way to overcome temptation. <laughs> and so as you watch this in this 16th chapter, and he says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the winners of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day, the second month, after this, the parting of the land of Egypt and the whole congregation of the children of Israel mumbered against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the field, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. That was their attitude. That's how they looked at it. They forgot about all the miraculous and the supernatural things of God. Now, let's don't deny the fact they needed something to eat. In fact, the first encounter they had was with water. And the water was bitter and it was bitter. But it was there. They come mumbling. What if they would have took that all-night prayer meeting instead of mumbling and complaining about it? Instead of finding a cave somewhere and finding a place somewhere. And, you know, getting all stuffed up and all, you know. Uh, you know, it's, you know I'm trying to be like, I'm just simply trying to tell us. There is an attitude. There is a spirit. Hallelujah. Approaching God by faith. God, you brought us here because you want to demonstrate your power. God, you brought us here in this moment. Amen. And because of this trial and this temptation, because you want to do something awesome, and you want to do something mighty. And you know what, God? I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to lift up my voice, and I'm going to cry out, and it may take me all night, but if that's what it's going to take, it's going to take it. But I'm not going to murmur and complain about it. No, I'm going to pray about it. I ain't asking for a response here, but let me ask you something. Is it easier to murmur or to pray? Is it easier to mumble all night or to pray all night? Is it easier to complain about what's not happening, what's taking place and all that, than to have faith and believe what is happening? There's a principle here. There's a principle. Amen. That God wants his church to get a hold of. Because I'm telling you this principle. Usher in revival. 
this principle, usher in the power and the glory of God in such a demonstration. It'll blow all of our minds. What God will do, amen. If we just won't mumble, we're living in a society. We're living in a generation. We're actually living in a nation. It don't do nothing but most of the time mumble and complain about everything that's going on. This is not good enough. That's not fast enough. They ought to be doing this. They ought to have done that. Murmuring and complaining about everybody and everybody's positions and that I was doing it. And I tell you what, a lot of them, I just want to tell them, well, you crawl on the bull if you know how to ride it. You do a better job, quit murmuring and show us the way. And that's exactly what Jesus done. He showed us the way when Adam failed in the garden, when Israel failed as a nation. But when Jesus Christ was tempted, he failed not. And because he failed not, the church can follow kids, for example. So don't let that spirit get a hold of you. Don't let that attitude get a hold of you. Let me tell you her cousin. That murmuring spirit, critical, criticizing. They work hand in hand to destroy and to tear down and rob. So you could see, as you watch that unfold in that 16th chapter, into the 17th chapter, the statements they would make about God. I wish we'd have just died in Egypt. I wish. Because they didn't want to take on the challenge. Because they simply did not want to take on the challenge. I believe in it. You know what? I believe God, you can make a way. But there seems to be no way. That's the most important part of any temptation. Are you hearing me this morning? So regardless of what temptation comes, if you already got the heartbeat and the attitude and the spirit, God's got a way. I've just got to find it. God's got a door. He promised me in the book, amen, to overcome this temptation. And I'm going to find it. And so they could have done the same thing. And so when you go back and you look at some of this, you watch even Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and they left it to us as examples, even in the first five verses. And if you go back, I'm, I'm not going to read all of them, just simply. But, amen, watch what he has taught us. He's trying to this current church. This is in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10. The first four verses are very important. They're all under the same baptism, the same spirit, the same rock. You, you, if you, there's a plan of salvation right there. But the fifth verse simply says, But many of them God was, well, was not well pleased. Why? For they were overthrown in the wilderness. How? Was they overthrown in the wilderness? Amen. With evil hearts of obedience. Watch this. Numbers 14 and 9 says, Only, now watch this. This is Joshua. This is done after, amen, Moses and Aaron them just done their best and rent their clothes and praying and trying to get the people to be persuaded. But now you're going to watch, amen, two of the, the, the uh, spies that went, hallelujah, and, and spied out the land. Now they, they're going to rise up and, and here they are. They say, Only rebel not against the Lord. Just don't rebel against God. Amen. Just 
just don't rebel against God. Now watch this. They likened that when they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. When you rebel against a leadership, you can look at him as a man or you can look at it as God. It's one and the same. Amen. When you rebel against a man of God, the anointed man of God, or the anointing preaching of the Lord, amen, the fivefold man, you just rebelled against God. And when you rebelled against God, you closed up heaven. You closed up the power and authority of Jesus' name. You closed up his mercy and grace and compassion. You closed up the door, amen, of escape. And so the temptation is going to overcome you, amen, and swallow you up. But amen, whenever you get your mind made up and your heart made up and your spirit made up, and first of all, willing to submit. But when you got an attitude in the spirit, I'm not going to submit nothing. What's wrong with a nation we're living in? They don't want to submit to nothing or nobody. That's the reason we have seen the demonstrations in the last few years across our nation in our cities. <laughs> Out of control. Doing things in handle business. That don't justify anybody else's wrong now. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what position you hold. Wrong is still wrong. And it needs to be dealt with. But it can't be dealt with with the same attitude in the ring. What did Jesus say? Told us as brothers and sisters not to do what? Railing for railing. They throw the stone at me. I'm just going to throw a bigger one back. Yeah, and they're going to shoot one back. You know, that's just the way it works. And so, again, that's, that's how the devil knows this. And so, as he goes on here, and he talks about them. He humbled thee and suffered thee. He suffered. That means, watch that key word. You also see it in the New Testament. Suffered means he allowed was not his will. It was not his desire, God's. But he suffered as a sovereign God. God will suffer and allow us, amen, when we, when, we, when we rebel against him, when we voice against him, when we have a mumbling spirit against him, amen, he'll allow. So he suffered, amen, thee to hunger and, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, only but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord God. Now watch this. That's beautiful because you're right back to the first temptation. Amen. It, it just keep, they will come against Jesus. It's in the same likeness. He was led in the spirit out into the wilderness and 40 days he was tempted and 40 days he had fasted. And the first thing amen, he wants to tempt him with is a bread. Take this stone and turn it into bread. But yet Jesus and, and the last latter part of the lesson talks about how skillful he becomes with the word of God. Hallelujah. And I know the writer talked to him. He put too much of it to his memorization but come on Jesus Christ was God almighty he knew every word he knew every tittle he knew every dot he knew everything in, in and out of the word of God And but you watch the devil you're going to take you back to the third to the third chapter in Genesis amen how the devil twisted and distorted the word of God against Eve amen and persuaded her hallelujah surely you won't die hallelujah surely that's not in the word of God hallelujah and that's still the same way today people are living off of just a few scriptures here and a few scriptures instead of letting them all work together amen bring about the fullness. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word of God because the most powerful weapon that you and I got when you go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, I thank God for the shield. I thank God for the helmet. I thank God for the preparation of the gospel. I thank God for the truth that's going around us. But you know what? Above all of those, all of those are defense weapons. But the only offense weapon you got is the spirit of the word of God. And it can be used both for defense and for, amen, the only thing that can destroy the enemy, that can stop the mouth of the enemy. It's sharp than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two, any, any other witnesses. It's sharper than any other voice and power and kingdom make me rise up again. It is to call the word of God. It's the word.
It's a word that, that you and I pray to memorize, to plant in our heart. As David put it so well, hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let it be a lamp. Let it be a light to my path and to my footsteps. Amen. This is the true order. This is the life we want to live. This is what we want to be, our heartbeat. Bishop Odom, in his ministry, uh, he's probably opened up there more, maybe in other places. And, but he talks about it. He said, man, he tells us, tells us ministry, he said, you take and you bury your face in the Word. He said, you sleep with it. He said, put it on your head, whatever it's going to take. He said, wrap it up, hold it. Hey, man, get it planted in your heart. Get it planted in your soul. Get established, get grounded, stay stable. Hallelujah, what in the Word of God? I'm telling you, the Word of God can stand on by itself. Hallelujah, if we can just quote the Word, if we can just give them the Word, because I'm going to tell you something, if they don't believe the Word, they're not going to be saved. Please hear that out because of the word of God cannot quicken them and bring them out. Then there's no other resource. There's no other power. There's no other place to turn. Hallelujah. The word of God and the word of God alone. And if you and I don't have an ear for the word of God and the truth of the word of God, I'm talking about amen, a revelation of the true word of God because if this can't set you free, then there's nothing else that can set you free. And all said and done, you really don't want to be free. I enjoy where I'm at. I'm loving what I'm doing. And I don't want to be free. I just want you to justify Okay, but this won't allow us. Sin is sin, and when it's contrary to this book, it's sin. And so here's how the tempter works: meant to bring sin into our lives and bring darkness and hopelessness into our lives. Amen. This is the reason he tempts us. And so we see the first temptation. Amen. With Eve, it was with what? Word of God. Word of God. Amen. I could have went in those scriptures, but. But I'll just bypass that. Pause again. And I know I'm, I'm hitting over some of all of this, but maybe the Lord will help us. We cover enough of it to do some good here this morning because that's our heartbeat. That's our desire. Amen. To help us. Let me go back to this little statement. Man, the writer, he began. Did you talk about even John? Did you know that most of us, now we may have been in a congregation. You might have been in a congregation of 30, 300, 3,000, 16,000. But all said and done, we all come. And when the word of God really comes to us, we're actually in a wilderness. We're actually in a dark place. Even with John, amen. If you go back and look in Luke 3 and 2, it talks about in the wilderness. And this wilderness was in the wilderness of Judea. Amen. It's where the word of God, amen, came to him. Amen. And so likewise with Jesus, whenever he was led out into this wilderness, amen, to take on this attack and take on this battle. I'm going to back up just a little bit. I'm going to read some parts, amen, what the writer's written of this lesson to help us to really understand and, and to, to grasp, amen, what God is trying to help us with. The New Testament believers, we have the privilege of having God's Spirit reside within us. But even having the Spirit of the eternal God living on the, on the inside does not exempt us from facing temptation. You're not going to get away from it. It's going to knock on your door. If Jesus, the Son of God, faced temptation, we should prepare ourselves for the same. We should prepare ourselves for the same. What do you do when you hear a hurricane's entered the gulf? 
you start making preparation. You start looking and possibly purchasing certain items just by chance, just by a possibility. How often you and I would follow that same example, that same way in the spiritual realm and spiritually speaking. Times whenever you may not feel the pressure. Maybe you don't see the boiling of the clouds <laughs> in the spiritual realm. But it would do you and I good to make a practice on a daily basis. To put the word of God into our hearts. To make it a daily practice to spend some personal time with Jesus Christ. And the move of the Holy Ghost within us. To prepare us for that hour. To prepare us for that moment. Because the lack of these, it makes us vulnerable. It makes us. They didn't build that storm shelter up there. I mean, until after. Katrina caused a lot of things to change. Not only in this state, but in Alabama, Louisiana, and a lot of other places. And a lot of times, the, 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 the point, you know, it used to be Camille. was kind of the pivot point where people. But after Katrina now, you don't hardly ever hear, hear Camille anymore. It's Katrina. You know what caused us to put in investments and build shelters like this and build towers like up here in this field? Katrina. The lack of communication. The lack of shelter and places to put people. To keep them protected. I, I, I remember that particular night. Amen. We had a family come in right in the middle of that storm find, looking for shelter because their house was coming apart in the midst of the storm. Same way with temptation. Amen. Prayer, prayer that's made, amen, in preparation, in girding up, and putting on the whole arm of God, amen. Now, the next important thing is faith, and I know I didn't go all of it with, with Moses because I'm, I'm going to run out of time here, but faith, now watch this, faith is the only ingredient that I, that I can really get a hold of that's both a fruit and a gift, both. You have to have the measure of faith. And you're given a measure of faith. It's in the fruits. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's a part of the fruit. But also, there is the gift of faith. <laughs> Amen. And it's because of evil hearts of unbelief that cause the mumbling. That's the reason I'm telling you that when we face temptations, we face storms, and we face trials... You're, you and I will never beat those storms or temptations by mumbling. Mumbling is a sign. I don't believe you can do it, God. I believe you just brought us out here to die. I don't believe you can feed. They estimated two or three, four or five million people. But God did, didn't he? He told Moses and Aaron to tell him. But he gave him instructions. Now watch him. And he done this again. I'm going to try your hearts. I'm going to test you. I'm going to see if you're going to obey me. He told him to get a measure of manna. Every morning he'd be like the dew. You go out for, for, for five days. You get a certain measure for each family. And according to the family, that's what you get. But if you read the scriptures closely, some, some probably maybe they didn't get enough. But some got too much. Because they didn't trust God. 
They didn't trust what Moses told them. If you can't trust the man of God in your life and trust what he tells you, then you're saying you can't trust God. And I'd do one or two things. I'd either repent and get it right or go find me another man of God. But you better make sure the other you're getting is the man of God that God wants in your life. Okay? God sets up the five-fold ministry, not man. I know man's involved, and we got organizations, and we've done things, and we let politics, and we've let a lot of things in. That's just man. That's just a part of man. That's just a part of us where we come up short. I'm just being honest with us. <laughs> but that doesn't make God any less. Neither would it make God, amen, to hold us to it. Watch him. Those that picked up extra, the Bible says worms. By the next day, worms would eat them up at the night. And again, it was a sign to God. You didn't believe me. You didn't take me at my word. You didn't obey me. You didn't do it. That's the same way we'll follow the plan of salvation and the life of separation and, and, and walking in the Holy Ghost and knowing the voice and the mind of God and keeping it. Yeah, you, you, you and I can. We can just say, well, that, that's, that's this one or that's that one. And, and I hate, I hate, and I'm just going to say it. I hate even among one God Pentecostal people that we're getting so divided. Here's how I feel about it. If you're going to make it, and some says, well, you know, we don't believe in rules. Well, okay, well, let's take it as a commandment. What's the difference? Because if God gave us as a commandment, He expects us to obey it. And we're better off not to make those rules or commandments if they're not important and if we're not going to enforce them. But God wrote down everything He expects us to obey. It's written. It's written. Watch Him. When He talks about the judgment... He's going to just tell them, he said, it is written. It is written. And Jesus Christ cannot change it. Because the word of God is even lifted higher than his name. And held more accountable. So that's the reason it's so important to make sure that we don't allow some mumbling attitude our spirit to get a hold of us when we approach God and we come to God about something but if we'll come by faith if we'll come with our eyes lifted that's like come to the house of God can I, can I say this it's really a shame on us when we come to the house of God and we're always so tired and so wore out. Now if you're sick, that's different. If it's something went on in that week, that's different. I'm talking about on a regular basis. That we don't discipline our lives enough to make sure that we can come to the house of God and give God our best. But we gave our best for six days. For what God? I'm telling you, countenance. Makes all the difference in the world. Alright. The first judgment that ever took place upon the earth. Between God and man. And after God had warned him. And tried to get him to do right. What did he tell Cain? 
thy countenance has failed me. He judged his countenance before he judged. Your countenance says a lot. Okay? So, again, you can't come in the hour of temptation with the spirit and attitude of mumbling. Now, let's go. Let's go to Jesus. I, I know if I don't, I won't have no time. Just try to run through this particular the temptation. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. They, they believe the Jordan River, the baptism, all that. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did neither uh, did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command. Now watch this. If thou be the Son of God. He attacked you the same way. He'll attack you and question if you got the Holy Ghost or not. He'll attack and question if you got a healing or not. He'll attack and question you anything that God wants to do. He's going to attack it. He's going to try to rob. He's a thief. You got to remember that. He's a father of all lies. He's a liar. He's always going to try to question you. He's always going to try to downplay what God's blessings and God's favor and God's touch in your life. He's going to, that's how he tempts you. He's always going to be trying to tempt you to take that from you. Amen. The devil said unto him, if I be the son of God, command that this stone that is made, that it be made into bread. And Jesus answered saying, it is not, it is, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the every word of God. Now notice Torah is where God's, where Jesus, Jesus Christ himself is pulling from what? Scripture. This is what Moses had written. <laughs> now, this is what's in the book. And so that's a reason. It's a dangerous thing. There's some people have the word of God just like it's another magazine or another book. Oh, no. This is the word of God that took hundreds of years to be, be written. Some 32 to 40 writers. Amen. One author, but, but it's to, to comply and pull all of this together. But I'm telling you, you start running reverence in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Man, it intertwines and it comes together and it overlaps. That's the reason Isaiah said, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. This is how God reveals himself. This is how God works with us. It's how God deals with us. And thank God he does. Amen. He's still doing the same thing with us this morning. Because you know what? There's something. I don't care if I had the Holy Ghost a hundred years. I still, God still got to be working on me. And God still got to. And how do you, the word of God, it's alive. And this is how he works and gives me instructions and guidance on how to respond. And how to deal with circumstance. And how to deal with situation. And how, amen, not to be overcome by the tempter. So the word of God is one of the most powerful uh, the tool, if not the most powerful tool that you can use against the tempter. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. All the kingdoms of the world. All their glory, all their power. Amen. All in a moment of time. One right after the other. It's amazing how the devil can tempt you with such things as that. One thing after another, but yet attack Job using the same method. Before one servant could get out, bring him bad news, another one was coming in. Okay, okay, watch this. Has anybody been felt like you've been, been almost overwhelmed lately? Y'all don't want to respond to me. <laughs> I understand. We're a little hesitant about that, but we are. 
man, it seems like I can't get there. I had a seasoned pastor tell me one time, I had to resign in church. This was his exact words. He said, I couldn't get one fire put out before there was two or three more. I had a guy ask me one time, he says, how do you do? I said, I just put out the closest fire to me. The rest of them don't matter right now. They're not fixing to burn me. That one's fixing to burn me. And that's the one I'm going to put out. And then I'm going to deal with the next thing. That's like shooting snakes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot them a half a mile. Same way with temptation. That's the reason Jesus said, don't, don't bring in the worries of tomorrow. Today. You deal with the temptations of today. You deal with the trials of today. You start thinking about all the tomorrows. And next week and a month from now, it'll overwhelm you. Grandparents, if you start thinking about them grandbabies and what they're going to face... And what the world they got to deal with. And the demonical forces and the spiritual of the world and the direction of this nation. You get so focused on that and zeroed on that. But you know what it's going to cause us to do? We're going to pray. We're going to bottle up some prayers. Because we're serving a God. Amen. When I'm dead and gone in the grave and 20 years later he can, he can pour it out. When I'm dead and gone and not even on the earth. There's some temptations. There's some giants, amen, that they'll overcome or possibly won't even face, amen, because we was willing, amen, to conquer some giants. What if we'd have dealt with some issues as a nation and as a church? We would not have to be dealing with it today. Same way with temptation. Same way with these battles. He offers them, well, watch this. He offers him the kingdoms. The four dimension kingdoms seek ye first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all the other things will be added. Hmm. God will bless us, God will keep us. He's our supplier, He's our way maker. And it doesn't matter what it is. All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered, for that is delivered unto me. He didn't have this at one time, it was delivered to him in the garden. First Adam that fell. Now delivered. That's the reason you and I are born to a man. And we must be born again. Into this kingdom. Because the nature that you and I. That falling nature that you and I are born into. We don't have an option. We don't have a choice. Can't get, can't get around it. Can't avoid that. That's the reason Jesus said a man must be born again. Of the water and the spirit. To see or to enter to this kingdom. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. He preached it so well Wednesday night. I'm not even going to go back through all that. So he's offering him, man, that, that whomsoever I will, I give it. It's in my hands. It's in my possession. I can offer it. I can give it to you. I'm going to say this. I believe some, some, some folks that's multimillionaires, billionaires, and things of that nature, sold their souls to attain it. To the love of their lives they live and justify it. And some of them even saying they're God bless and God this. And living some of the most wicked, ungodly lives upon this planet. 
But if you ask them, they're still. And you know what? Sometimes you'll hear them saying, God bless me. Not to live that life, he didn't. Best if you lied and cheated and unjust earnings. and Even to be a bishop, we're warned of unjust earnings. Love of money is the root of all evil. It's the reason people will sell themselves out for it. Sell out eternity. Sell out everything. You know what he was after? One thing. He said, Jesus, I'll give you a bit of this. If you'll just bow down and worship me. Give yourself to me. I'm closing. I know my time's up. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Worship is serve. Worship is who we give ourselves. The New Testament writer comes on and says, You know, there's going to come a time every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, but I'm thankful today that we bow our knees now. We make confession now. Who's the Lord of our lives? Who's the bishop of our souls? Who's our way maker in the world that we're living in? Who, who, who comes to our aid and helps us? That's the reason we don't have to live a life that's full of panic. We don't have to live a life that's full of anxiety. We don't have to live a life that's full of nerves. My nerves is bad. My nerves, my nerves, my nerves. I wouldn't say that. I got good nerves. Powers in the tongue. Powers in the tongue. If you say something long enough, if y'all don't believe this, let's go back. Okay, let's go back to Israel. What did they say? I'd show you in the scriptures. I got it. He says, I'm going to give you what you said you wanted. You said that you're going to die in the wilderness. I'm going to let you die in the wilderness. That's what God told him. So from 20 up, he said, you're going to die. This is what you want. This is what you said. Watch this. Some has more faith to believe that God will fail than to believe that he can do it. They got more confidence in the devil. They can see more what the devil's doing than they can what God's doing. <laughs> That's the reason Paul said, I've said. That's the reason the scales had to drop from Paul. Because he thought that he was doing God's bidding. Until the scales dropped. Until the visitation of Jesus Christ on that road to Damascus. And Adonis come and praise for him in the scales. Thank God for revelation. The same way here. Now watch this. I, I believe if we're not careful what's going to happen. What is the devil? Okay with Eve what happened? He beguiled Eve, right? That's what Paul talks about. He goes back and visits the churches, he said, because he was afraid that the same serpent used the same method, a trick, bewitched, beguiled the churches. You know why all the churches don't preach the full plan of salvation? I know my time's up, but give me just a second here. I think I've got... 
maybe I don't. It's because, how many of you believe that the devil can um, disguise himself? Lord have mercy, I can go ahead to scriptures. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Another scripture. I don't for sure I get that. Second Corinthians 11 and 13. Now here we go. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. Watch him. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing of his, of his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Everything that calls themselves disciples of Jesus Christ are not disciples of Jesus Christ. So there are some fruits. There is some, and even Jesus Christ told you, he said, you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. And then we got the gift of the Holy Ghost and the fruits that the Holy Ghost that bears and the power of the Holy Ghost, nine of them. But if they're absent, that tells me the Holy Ghost is not working. It's not in operation. You know, we can use tongue, but guess what? The devil's got a tongue. Flesh has got tongue. Everybody you talk to this day and time, amen. It's surprising me how many people started speaking in tongues in the last 20 years. There's even religions and places like that. All of a sudden, they want to start speaking in tongues. Why? Because there's a pressure put on them about a Pentecost experience. Because when you have a true Pentecost experience, according to the book, you're going to speak in a heavenly language. That's the initial sign, amen, of it. Amen. Why? And watch this. And I know, brother, what he said Wednesday night, but you know what? I believe James gave us an answer to that. Because the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. It's the tongue. It's a tongue. And the only one that can tame it is God Almighty, the creator himself. And he wants to tame our tongue. And so he does that with the power of speaking in tongues, speaking a language that you and I didn't learn. But the Holy Ghost and all the power and the info, that's the evidence. Now watch this. If you don't believe that's true, you go and have a baby. When these mothers, amen, have these babies, if those babies don't cry out and if they don't make a sound, guess what? Doctors start getting nervous. Nervous. And the nurses start getting, hey, hey, say, hey, there's something wrong. I know that. I experienced that with Heath. Amen. Because he wasn't doing those things. He wouldn't cry and he wouldn't keep crying. He wouldn't keep in his breath. And all of a sudden, I could tell by the doctors. And when he slipped over, he said, Hey, there's something wrong. We're fixing to send your son. So we can't keep him going. The breathing sugar's not right. And this and, and he wouldn't keep it sound going. Amen. So when there's not a sound, I'm going to tell you something. The absence of the sound, amen, means there's an absence of the spirit. Because the only way the sound can come is by the baptism of the spirit. I want the spirit, amen, to rule and reign in our affairs, not just, amen, in tongues, but in our actions. And God, we approach God. Come on, I preach it to us. It works also in how we approach God. I'm not going to approach God with murmuring and complaining. God can't do it. You close it up. You stop it. <laughs> Let's stand. I love you this morning. Appreciate you. God's working, folks. God is working. God is working. Man, the devil, I know he's working. He's a devil. I mean, Big deal. He just being who he is. And what he's got the time to do something. But you know what? We got time. We got time to have revival. We got time to be ready. I want to meet him. 
Amen. I want to meet him in that air. I want to meet God. I want to be prepared and ready. Amen. To hear him say, well done, a good and faithful servant. I want this church and this community. Amen. To have a door. Have a Bethel. Amen. In this community. If they get ready to get right, they got a place they can come. That they won't be deceived. That they won't be misled. I don't want to just transform myself into angel of light. I want the transforming power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. To operate in our lives and operate in our conversations. Operate in our passions and desires. Amen. To be a soul winner. To be a fisherman of men. Hallelujah. That's really what it's all about. To be a soul winner. To be a soul winner. Hallelujah. That they can attain eternal life. Amen. And you, you, if, 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 if hell wasn't even in the equation. If they was just going to go back to dust. But that's not the way it's going to be. There is an eternity of damnation. And there is an eternity of life. And there's only one Bethel. And there's only one house of God. And there's only one way to get there. And so I'm going to tell you something. That's the reason the enemy's trying to tempt you day in and day out. And wear out the saints of the most high God. Because he doesn't want you to be a part of that. But you got to make up in your mind. Gotta make up in your own heart and spirit. <laughs> Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. This warfare and battle that's going on against this world. <laughs> I'm still going to do a study on that, that world, that statement for John. In the spirit of the world, love not the world, neither the things of the world. Where do we draw the line of the things of the world? Because I think it's very important that we get a good revelation of where God wanted those lines drawn of the things of the world. Because if we let the enemy, the tempter, muddy the water there, sometimes the things of the world may not be such a sinful thing. But the things of the world can occupy us and distract us and eat up our time, our energy. And it makes it a lot easier for the tempter to set the snare and get us. Praise God. Thank God for Jesus Christ. He didn't give in to the temptation. Amen. He conquered. He done what Israel couldn't do as a corporation. He done what Adam failed. Come up short. The first Adam. But thank God for the second Adam called Jesus Christ. That's the reason you and I can find salvation in no other. But in Jesus Christ. If we're going to conquer the devil and the spirits of our world today. It's going to be through Jesus Christ and him alone. Having a true passion and a true love. And you can't have love without passion. There's no passion. You better question your love. Because when you have a true love and a fervent love for it, there's a passion. It shows up. It reveals itself. It manifests itself. Amen. If you have a real love for something, amen. If you've got a certain item you really like, you know what? It's going to be in the freezer. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, if it's a certain item you like and you like to drive and it's in New Orleans, you're willing to make the sacrifice to go get it. That's right. As far as I'm concerned, they can close my freezer if there's no ice cream around. You understand what I'm saying? That's the same way with this. Prayer's not hard. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it. 
the more fellowship and companionship you have with God, I'm telling you, but the tempters come. And he's doing everything he can. He's doing everything he can. Let me ask you something. How many of you are as busy today as you was 10 years ago? How many of you are more busy today than you was 10 years ago? How many of you feel like you got more irons and fires? Than... You know what? You know, I've got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm not going to that fire. I'm not getting involved with that. You got any Bible for that? Well, I tell you what, your apostles wouldn't tend to the widows in your New Testament church. They handed over to somebody else and said, hey, we don't have time to deal with your widow. What would you think if you brought your widow up here and I said, I ain't got time for her. I couldn't say it like that probably. I'd be a little nicer. But they didn't. That's in your Bible now. So we're going to spend all of our time praying and reading and studying the Word of God. You go pick you out seven men full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith and wise and let them tend to it. That's in the Bible. Our time, where's our time at? Where we spend. I'm going to tell you something. Now, what's the most precious thing that you've got that you, you can't get it back no matter what? Time. When it's gone, it's gone. Your money can't buy it. Nothing. Only God, only God is the one that can either stop it or roll it back. God is the only one. Nobody else can. So let's don't let the tempter rob us. Let's take to heart the opportunity we got. Let's use it for God. Let's be the soul winners. Let's be the fishermen of men that God's calling us. What's this? Purpose. Called for a purpose. Even Moses realized he was called to lead them. The original call was to lead them into the promised land. Not to, but into. God help us that we wouldn't only just lead them to Jesus Christ, but into Jesus Christ. Into the gospel, the fullness of this truth. Let's do it, church. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you. We're so thankful for your grace, your kindness, your mercy, the power of the Word of God. We're so thankful for Matthew 4 and Luke 4. The example that you have left us. And God, that we would follow this example with humbling and yielding ourselves in prayer. Coming before you, not with evil hearts of unbelief, but with great hearts of faith. Calling on your name and your will and for your purpose to be accomplished and achieved in each heart, each soul, each family that's represented at this church and across the airways and in our community, God. You help us, God, as you anoint our minds and our hearts and our spirits, as you loose our tongues to be a witness of your greatness and kindness. We're going to give you all the glory and the praise and the honor for all of it through and by. I, that precious name called Jesus Christ. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Brother Sanford's going to be with us tonight. Amen. He's coming back to Grand Bay. They just have a 10 o'clock service, so he's going to, he wanted to come be with us tonight. So he'll be with us tonight. God bless you. Continue to pray for these as lost their grandmothers. The funerals will be uh, scheduled this next week. Keep all of them in prayer, okay? God bless you. Love and appreciate you.